This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is a show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Okay, so I know the past episodes of Breaking Bread have contained a lot of cooking at home and recording myself in the kitchen. And you guys have heard many ASMR-laden episodes of me just bumbling about in the kitchen cooking stuff up. But those of you who have tuned into the show months ago will remember a time when the format of Breaking Bread was more about interviewing people in the food industry within Malaysia. And with the MCO lifting, moving forward, we are going to try to slowly shift towards more of that again. And actually, we're planning to alternate between uh, one episode of Cooking at Home one week and then an interview or chat the next week. So this week marks the transition into that format, And we're doing an interview again after a long hiatus. So this week, we are talking about groceries. So as we know, in the past few months, because of COVID-19 and the MCO, our lives have been drastically changed. And one of the ways that our lives have been affected is in the way we do groceries. I mean, with dwindling produce and long queues and sign-ins and all these necessary temperature checks and SOPs, our grocery trips have gotten longer and longer over the past few months. And so, many have turned to doing their grocery shopping online. So this week, I thought it would be great to get some insight on the online grocery scene in Malaysia. And to tell us more, I spoke to an online grocery delivery company called My Grocer. So today, we are speaking with Michelle Mahendra, the co-founder of My Grocer. And if you can guess from the name, they are an independent online grocery delivery company in Malaysia. So welcome on the show, Michelle. Hi, June. Thanks for having me on board. Of course, of course. Okay. So I know I gave a really short one-liner introduction to My Grocer, but um, why don't you introduce your company to the listeners? So actually, it's really simple, the proposition of My Grocer. We are really an online grocery delivery service um, where we basically are available on the web, on iOS and Android. We are powered by our very own technology stack, which is actually a one-of-a-kind built-in software that is fast and easy to use with secured payment systems. So what this actually means is um, we're making it very accessible to businesses and consumers to literally just get online, download one of our apps, or even get on the web, register an account, click on it, make your purchases, and we'll have it delivered right to you at your doorstep. Essentially, that's what MyGrocer is in a nutshell. Mm. And just to be clear, like how is this different from, let's say, the other uh, online grocery stores out there? Like even some of the more common ones like Tesco or like Jaya Grocer. Yes, they have a, a physical store, but they also do online. So how is my grocer different from, from those? 
So we are very different from theirs uh, because we don't have any retail stores. What we have is what we call cloud stores, which is essentially a warehouse that is built uh, with a series of cold rooms to store fresh produce uh, as well as groceries. Um, everything that we have at my grocer is temperature controlled. So your items that are sent to you they're not actually on display in, in a store. It's actually freshly picked. So we don't break the cold room chain. So say, for example, um, when our vegetables, we, we get it from across various farms across Malaysia, places like you know Ipoh, Cameron Highlands, the Kinta Valley, Johor Bahru and whatnot. When they arrive at our cloud stores at 5 or 6 a.m., it is immediately received and put straight into different temperature control cold rooms based on how the produce should be kept. So for example, bananas are kept in a fruit ripening room and it's hung up. No one touches it until an order is placed. Then the bananas are taken out of that room, packaged and put into a box and sent straight to you at your doorstep. Mm. Okay. So for example, uh, we, we have a whole range of things, right? So we've got meat and fish, we've got dairy and chilled, we've got fresh fruit, vegetables, frozen things like ice cream, frozen meat and fish, frozen desserts, and so on. So all these things are packaged and kept in separate areas. Right, right. How did you guys first begin to come up with this concept? How did that idea come to mind? So when we first came up with the concept of MyGrocer, it was really based on our personal needs. So my co-founder and I, we, we both have very different stories on um, how we arrived at that same conclusion. But to me, right, I am an avid cook and baker myself. And I found that, you know, um, looking for certain ingredients on a, on a weekly basis was actually very time consuming. I couldn't get uh, a range of items that I wanted from a particular store. So say, for example, because I bake, then I, I need to go to a baking store to get specialty items like mm. nuts and bread flour and things like that. But then at the same time, you know, I, I do Western cooking, I do Indian cooking, and one store didn't have everything that I needed. So it actually stemmed out of saving time and um, energy, so to speak, because, you know, we work five to six days a week and weekends are really, really precious. And I wanted to have that time to spend with my family rather than, you know, queuing up at a store, paying for parking and whatnot. So mm. we started thinking about it. And then we started looking across the region and globally as well. And, and we realized that, you know, Malaysia was ready for a service like this. It was just a matter of time before it, it became something that, that people will actually need. So we, we started doing research. It took us about 18 months. Um, so based on research, lots of trial and errors, uh, we came up with the concept of my grocer. Mm, and, and your research, I guess, started in 2017 then? Because you guys were, uh, my grocer officially started in 2019, right? Yes, we, we started mm. uh, looking into it in early 2017, actually. Uh, we started traveling. We started looking at other uh, regions across Asia. Uh, we even went right up to the United States as well as to Europe just to see how things were done. Um, and we also felt that because online was taking off in, in Malaysia, it would be the right time 
to actually lift it because a lot of people that we spoke to face similar issues that we did, you know, as, especially people in the same industry as us and whatnot, right? They, they wanted convenience. Mm. Uh, most people were looking for actually convenience, value. They also wanted quality in terms of produce, right? Um, so that's how we started. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel your struggle there. When you mentioned baking and, and having to go to all these baking specialty stores, because it's like you can't get all these uh, specialty flowers, baking, decorative items, or even like nuts, right? Simple things yeah. like that. It's very hard to get it in uh, your regular local supermarket. Um, but yeah, you, so you mentioned that you and uh, your co-founder, you guys um, went to... Uh, different areas around Asia and even to the US. Was this to like speak with people and and find out about their grocery industries and how they were doing online groceries? And are, are there any companies that you can speak of that sort of have done this successfully? Um, yeah, I think I think when we we look at um, the companies that we did looked at, uh, one of it was uh, Okado in the United Kingdom. Uh, they started off. Uh, with the same concept similar to us and they are pretty big right now they are, they are much more advanced I would say but you know they, they provide a real need in terms of the solution to what um, customers want uh, you can get basically everything across the board and, and we are working towards uh, that as well in Malaysia mm. so since you guys started what were the biggest challenges to date so far because it it can't be easy right going up against all these industry giants in in the grocery space um so i think when we started it off we we don't look at them as competitors because how we look at it is we are filling a void uh, meaning that we do know that uh, even if we put ourselves in that same position, right, I would still go to a grocery store maybe once or twice a month, for example. But mm -hmm. I do have a range of things that I would buy on a regular basis, which I don't need to go to a store to. So mm. say, for example, my brands of milk or my toilet rolls or my canned items, uh, people are honestly creatures of habit. So these the brands that you, you buy on a regular basis, you will not stray far away from those brands. Those are like repeat brands that you buy on a monthly basis. But I would, however, then still eventually go to a store if I wanted to see if there was something new or if I just wanted to browse the shelves or you know find a particular cut of meat that I was looking for for that particular week. So we don't look at it as competition, but just as a way to fill in a void in the market right now. See, by providing convenience, um, you can save a lot of time. So if my grocery needs on a monthly basis are X, Y, and C, I can shop anytime and have it delivered. I don't have to lug two bags of rice up the upper condo, for example, because I can get it delivered to the doorstep. Mm -hmm. I don't have to lug my toilet tissues, which I wouldn't change my brand unless, you know, I tried something new and went like, whoa, okay, fine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how we kind of look at it as well. We're, we're not looking to be in competition with them. We're just looking to fill a void. Mm. So since, since starting your company, have you found your personal trips to the grocery stores, like physical grocery stores, like reducing dramatically? 
Uh, yes and no. So I do go out quite often to the stores just to see what's out there. Ah, but okay. But it's for of... a different purpose nowadays. It's for, <laughs> yes. for research. <laughs> yeah, for research. But uh, in terms of my personal leads, it's a lot lesser. So prior to this, I used to go at least once a week. Now I can limit it to going once in two weeks or once in three weeks because my basic needs are met with mm. delivery service. Mm. That that uh, that sort of sounds like a dream, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will be like, "Oh, I wish I I don't have to go and get all my uh, essentials so so often uh, in a month, right?" Um, yeah, and I and I can make a lot of time, or other people can make a lot of time to do the things that they actually enjoy doing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and especially in the past few months since the MCO. Trips to the grocery stores have been like taking a lot longer because of all the queues and all the uh, SOPs that um, grocery stores have had to uh, adhere to. But it seems like the MCO has actually been really beneficial for my grocer. Right? Uh, t- talk to me about what, what has been happening in the past few months for you. Okay, so we were doing quite well prior to uh, MCO, but like many businesses in the industry, right, the outbreak of the pandemic forced us to accelerate and scale our business from technology, logistics, traffic, and inventory management, um, as well as to speed and security of our systems. Um, I mean, as you know, with the MCO, right, supply chains all over the world saw a series of disruptions due to movement restrictions. So, on our end, right, we, we really had to quickly adapt to the less predictable supply and resupply of products uh, on our cloud stores to fulfill customer orders and meeting our delivery windows. So during the MCO with, with the search, um, we, we actually, um, we used to have slots as in two-hour block slots for delivery. But during the MCO, because we, we, we were stuck in terms of timing, you know, we could only do between 8 to 8. Mm. So we, we changed the slot timings. We opened up slots on a daily basis for people to be able to order. Uh, plus, what we also realized is that we had so many customers who were ordering online for the first time. So we had quite a lot of uh, phone calls and messages from people just uh, asking us how to use the system. So because we we run our customer service, uh, um, we are actually human-led in that sense, right? So we were able to support a lot of people in that way because, you know, our phones were ringing off the hook. All of us were on the phones, you know? helping people how to order, how to, you know, how to look for certain items and whatnot. Um, we also did uh, come across uh, a lot of people that couldn't place orders with us because our slots were booked. So whenever they wrote in, what we did is uh, we went out there and we did a whole bunch of manual orders, meaning we, we, we focused on helping the single moms, uh, the disabled, as well as the elderly people who who had, uh, you know, they might not have been able to do online banking or FPX or, you know, debit or credit card. So we worked with them on on special deliveries just mm. to meet the demands, you know. Um, yeah, so it it was, uh, I would say it was a trying time for us, but it was, it was great fun at the same time. Mm. 
Okay, I hope you found that really interesting. Um, but right now, we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll learn more about my grocer and how they're changing up the way we do groceries. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun, and I've been speaking to Michelle Mahendra, the co-founder of My Grocer, an online grocery delivery company in Malaysia. So, actually, like compared to pre-MCO and right now, has your business grown by a lot? Do you have any any numbers that you can share with us? Pre-MCO to now, I think we grew by a thousand percent plus oh, minus. Wow. Yeah, wow. it, it was a, it was a big shift. Um, so now we are we've got a steady stream of customers who who come to us on a regular basis, uh-huh. and uh, and it's growing. It's growing on a day to day basis in terms mm. of the customer signups. Uh, uh, we are also now growing our range. We are constantly growing our range actually mm. to meet the needs. Uh, customers actually write in sometimes and say that hey, you know. We want uh, these number of products. Can you bring it in? And then, you know, we, we look into it and we try to meet as much as we can. Right. Have you had any uh, weird or interesting uh, orders that people have been requesting <laughs> for that you've had to bring in? And now you think like, oh, I would never have thought of uh, bringing that in. But well, now we have it on the store. <laughs> Actually, there, there are quite a few. But one of the ones that comes to mind um, was that we, we had a customer that came to us initially, this was prior to, to MCO, he was a avid consumer of uh, Coke Light, you know. So, oh. And during the MCO, because supply was short, we, we didn't have Coke Light. So, so initially, we, we took it off the system. And mm. he actually wrote in saying, hey, you know, what's happened? How come you don't have Coke Light? Please, please bring back Coke Light anymore, <laughs> you know. And then we had to write to him and say, no, it's not that we don't have it. I said, you know, it's it's because it's it's not in stock and we've not got new stocks in, so we can't put it up. And the moment we got it, we immediately contacted him and, and he placed his orders. Um, oh. That was that was quite interesting. Mm. Um yeah, and um, I think we we also came to realize that you know during the MCO there were there were people that were cooking for the first time, so they didn't know a lot of things. So they would ring us up and say, "Hey, you know what? I tried cooking this thing, but it didn't get cooked through." And we were like, "What do you mean? It's a frozen <laughs> item." And she goes like. No, I fried it, but the inside was still pink. And we had to go through the process of explaining to her, like, at what temperature did you fry it? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so it was it was little things like this uh, that we found that, you know, we, we had to uh, educate people because they, they were so new at, at it, you know. Mm. So, so this was actually a pre-cooked uh, marinated chicken, you know, that, that this person um, was unsure but but she she didn't know how to do it properly, so she thought that we'd given her something that was <laughs> uncooked, and we had to tell her that yes, you've got to cook it at, at a low heat, you mm. know. So yeah. so in addition to being like an online grocery store, you you guys are also a cooking helpline during the MCO. <laughs> in many sense, yes, we we had to we we found that we had to um, educate people on how to 
store their produce. So like some people would buy greens, but not place it in the fridge. And then call us up and say it's wilted. Mm. And, and we said, wait, after 20, 48 hours, if you don't put it in the fridge, it will get wilted. You've, you've got to wrap it in paper and put it in the crisper. You, you've got to, you know, adjust your, your settings in your refrigerator as well. You know, mm. so it was little things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little things that I, I'm sure you never thought like, oh, I, I didn't, didn't think I would have to uh, give people advice on this. But yeah, yeah. and just uh, zooming out a bit, do you know what yeah. has been happening to the uh, um, general grocer scene in the past three months over the MCO? Has uh, supermarkets and stores like Jaya Grocer and, and uh, Tesco's and the bigger players, have they also seen as much of a boom in demand as, as you have? And particularly like their online services? I believe all of them uh, did experience that boom in demand because, um, I mean, when MCO hit, I think people were just really scared and they all wanted to stock up as much as they could for those that could afford it. And there was such a demand. But I think like every player out there, not all of us could cope with that demand. I mean, we all had to have that limited amount of slots that we, we could take on a daily basis, deliveries mm-hmm. and so on. Like even for us, you know, when when you place an order during the MCO, like if you place an order on a Monday, the earliest we could fulfill was three days. Um, right. We do know that some players uh, had booked out their slots for right up to 30 days, so they couldn't take any orders. Some of them were right up to seven days to 14 days. Um, I think all players including general retailers, had similar issues in terms of supply because, you know, imports were held. So, you know, in Malaysia, we do depend quite a bit on imported goods, especially when it comes to dairy and chilled produce, like Mm. cheese and butter, cream and milk. Uh, These were really in short supply. Um, We also found that quite a lot of the canned items were in short supply as well because, a lot of things were not coming into the country. Um, so what we did was we we focused on the core essentials that we knew that we could uh, give people for their daily needs. So things like we always made sure that we had eggs, we had chicken, we had fresh fruit and vegetables. And uh, in terms of the groceries, basics like flour, uh, sugar, coffee, tea, uh, UHD milk, we made sure we had those. Mm. But, you know, we, we, we couldn't control the larger scale of things in terms of the demand, you know. So, yeah. Mm. What's like one surprising ingredient or like a, a an item that has sort of shot up in demand over the MCO period? Because I know a lot of people are, you know, stocking up on, on flour and even stuff like yeast. Uh, and I've tried getting yeast like multiple times over the uh, <laughs> over the MCO period. And like I somewhere in May, like there was just no yeast around. I couldn't find any. But uh, yeah. yeah, were there other other items or ingredients that, that had a, a similar uptick? So uh, it was mainly the baking range. So mainly um, bread flour was in, in short supply, whole wheat flour, uh, plain flour as well. Um, butter, yeast, your your quite spot on on that because all of us, we, we couldn't get in uh, yeast supplies because people started baking. 
you know, because you know, bakeries and stuff were not mm. uh, running uh, fully. People were bored as well. Yeah, yeah baking. Were, people have been starting baking their and cultivating their own sourdough starters. I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a such a tough uh, challenge that you put yourself up to. Yeah, even I, I at know. home, like I tried making sourdoughs like over three times and all of them have been failures. And it's only when I, I enlisted the help of a friend that I managed to get it to like an okay edible sort of bread. But yeah, it's not easy making sourdough. I know it's very high touch uh-huh. uh, doing sourdough. I know yeah. I tried it once or twice, but you know, I I keep forgetting sometimes that I need to feed it on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a baby that you have to take care of. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so so we had all those things that were run short. We I we also had a shortage in terms of cheeses like mozzarella and parmesan and mm. um, cream. I think cream was another thing that was on what we were quite short of as well. Uh, right. Baking cheeses like uh, cream cheese, those were in very high demand. I think a lot of people were making um, the best burnt, burnt, burnt cheesecake. cheesecake. <laughs> So every time we had demands for cream cheese and then we put it up and then it gets sold out really, uh, really quickly. Yeah, I actually you know, just made yeah. it like two weeks ago. Yeah, I made it as well. It's it's one of those super easy cheesecakes, man. Mm, yeah, it's actually it's like right? probably the easiest cheesecake in terms of uh, method of uh, preparation out there. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You just can't go wrong with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did one as well about a month ago and yeah, it turned out really well. <laughs> Right. Okay, yeah. And I think like this shift in the grocery uh, scene and how we as consumers, we do groceries, it has really changed over the past few months due to COVID-19. And a lot of people, as you say, have been turning to online grocery delivery services for like the first time. And how do you see this playing out over the next few months into the future? Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure that it will stay uh, this way that people have found convenience in doing their groceries online and will want to do it more. Do you feel like that is the general sentiment as well? Yes, I believe so because uh, I, I find that uh, once people experience how simple it is, they continue to buy from us. Plus, I think there's also that element of fear as well still that, you know, it, it is actually safer to buy things online still rather than, you know, go out physically and expose yourself, so to speak, especially for those who are elderly. Um, so there are a couple of customers that are over 70 that I personally taught them how to shop online. And mm. once they started, they, they continually continuously buy from us on a weekly basis and sometimes, you know, they, they message me directly when, when they want to look for certain things and whatnot. And they, then they message her, hey, Michelle, you know, I'm looking for these things. Can you help me get it? I'd like to get it by next week and whatnot. And then I say, mm-hmm. okay. And we, you know, we try to source for these things just to meet them. They're over 70. They are afraid to go out. Right. Um, it's also the, the process right now. I don't know if you've gone out post-MCO, but, you know, just going to a store, scanning, registering, taking your temperature at every store that you visit, it, it is quite tedious, you know, and I feel that you you end up wasting a lot more time mm. rather than when you shop online, you can do it at your own time and it's just sent to your doorstep. Maybe you wait three days, four days if it's a non-perishable item, but still, I feel it's a lot more convenient for me now. I can get everything online, mm. you know, 
Yeah. Mm. And in the next one to two months, is there anything that uh, MyGrocer is sort of rolling out? Yeah, so we constantly are working towards increasing our range. So we have currently uh, ready-to-cook meal kits that are available uh, on our site. These are curated items. It's a combination of Asian or Western menus where we've actually put in these packages for families of two, four, and six. Uh, it comes with a recipe card. Uh, it's all measured to the dot. So all you need to do is take it and stick it into a pot and follow the recipe so you have ready-to-cook meals. So we are working on that, increasing the, that range of items. Uh, we have just introduced our marinated meats and uh, handmade burger patties that we are promoting right now. Mm. So these are available for uh, sale. We are also looking to increase the range, which is growing every week. We're adding on at least 50 to 100 new items. Right. Uh, because we, we currently have an SKU of about 12,000, but mm. I'd like to take it to at least 20,000 just to make it as complete as possible. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much what, what we're doing. Yeah. Mm, cool. Looking at growing the range. Yeah. yeah. And how, how are you guys sort of getting more people onto your system and, and educating the, the public on how to do or promote this uh, online grocery shopping? I, I, I know you said you have been doing some manual orders and like helping elderly or disabled people uh, to do these orders, which which really helps with their convenience. Um, mm-hmm. But to the general public, has, has there been anything that uh, you guys have been pushing out? Um, so we, we actually use our social platforms currently um, to where we produce quite a bit of content mm. that is uh, educational. Um, we are working um, with a lot of other brands on joint partnerships which we are rolling out within the next 100 days or so. So you'll be able to see my grocer across a couple more platforms. Mm. Um, of course, we do digital advertising as well. Um, it's also word of mouth. Mm. I think that that's working really well to our advantage. Um, on a weekly basis, right, uh, and a monthly basis, we actually put up special promotions and deals uh, for consumers because we are very much about working towards uh, ensuring that people get value in terms of what they're purchasing from us, as well as quality. And I think when you make an order with us, what you will also notice is that the way we send you your items, uh, we not only look at packaging um, in terms of how it's delivered to you, but we also ensure that uh, whatever you order are given to you within the right temperature control settings. So, Everything that you order is sent to you in thermal control boxes. If it is something that is uh, frozen, like ice cream, you're guaranteed to get it frozen when it arrives at your doorstep because we Mm. put it with dry ice and additional thermal control bags to ensure that the temperature is maintained. So we, we focus a lot on quality and the manner in which things are delivered. Um, of course, we have made our mistakes. Uh, we're not perfect. But if you do find that there is something that is not up to expectation, we always encourage our customers to just call in to us and we usually will send them replacements. Mm, cool. You know? Yeah. Well, 
we're reaching the end of our time here. But um, yeah, I just want to thank you for uh, coming to the show and uh, sharing with us. It's been really insightful. And I know things have been changing really, really rapidly in the past three months. And I can't wait to see what you have in store for, for us all in, in the future. Right. Thank you so much for having me on the show, June. Really appreciate it. And uh, uh, before you go, where can people find you and how can people get onto your, your platform? Um, yeah, so just uh, log on to on our web on mygrocer.com, M-Y-G-R-O-S-C-R.com or look for us on Android or on iOS. Cool. Thanks so much, Michelle. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And if you're hungry for more recipes or some funky food writing, or if you're just looking forward to next week's cooking episode, you can find those on my blog at junandtonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-D-T-O-N-I-C.com. I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.